Welcome to See You Next Tuesday. I'm Jade Chung. Some people are either forced out of the wrestling business, or some people choose to take a break from it. In my case, I took a break. I came home to visit from California one year, and at that time, my goddaughter was born and my niece was born, so it was really hard to to leave them and to leave my family that I missed so much, and now having little ones to be able to love and care for, you know, they just stole my heart. I went back to college and got my certificate in early childhood education. I worked in daycares. I had my own daycare. And it it always seems like at the right time, the right moment, and the perfect setting, wrestling kind of pulled me back in. I've always loved wrestling. Um, I did think about at times like, oh, it'd be fun to to get into it again. But I never really had the itch. Like I didn't have that feeling where I need to do this. I need to do this. Um, it was all great memories. And I loved thinking about those memories. I had an opportunity to come back into the business, which without a question, I took right away. And that's how I got back into it. It was January of 2015, and I've never looked back. I loved every single moment I had in the wrestling business before I had my son. And now that I have this podcast, it kind of just keeps me alive and keeps me connected with wrestling. My guest that I'm going to have on today just made her comeback. Hell yes. So let's get to it. I can't wait to talk to her. Please welcome the returning Impact Knockout, Taylor Wilde. What's up, girl? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy to hear your voice. You know, uh, I think it was this past summer. Was it this past summer where I saw you at, I think it was like the, the Destiny show when they had their outdoor show. Oh yes, that's right. Right? That's totally right. Yeah. And like Gosh. and like you came. No, I think I saw you sometime before that, but it was like that show that you showed up. I was like, yeah. oh, hmm. <laughs> she getting that itch. What's she doing here? She's lost. <laughs> no, it's so good to see you. Yes. And then, you know, now you have a family, but like, I'm so glad you're back in wrestling. Me too. Like what, what year did you take a break? 2010 or no, 2011. 2011. Yeah. Wow. So exactly 10 years. Uh, May I ask why? Of course. Yes. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. <laughs> there's no holds barred. You can ask me anything you want. And like, trust me, there's, there's no secrets. And I'm a bad liar anyway. So <laughs> um, I had promised myself when I entered this business, no matter what level of fi- success I had achieved, if by the time I was 25, I wasn't really feeling it. Like I wasn't making the kind of money that like, if I broke my neck in the ring, I'd be okay. Or 
you know, I'd be able to make some lateral movement, like, I don't know, go into production or bringing out some, something like if I, if I didn't feel I had job security by the time I was 25, I was like, you know, this was fun, but that's enough for me. So -hmm. that was what I started with in my mind. And then, um, you know, all the stars had aligned for me. I worked my ass off. I had started training, um, when I was 17. And by the time I had just turned 20, I had signed my contract with WWE. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And then between WWE, which I was there just a little bit over a year in developmental, mm-hmm. um, I had six months off because I had, uh, they had wished me the best in my future endeavors and they had released me. And I thought, okay, can I swear on this podcast? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> I said, <laughs> okay, fuck it. Like that was fun. That's what I wanted to do. I'm going to go back to university, get my shit together. That's it. Six months later from the time I was released from WWE, um, TNA called me, I had a tryout and essentially the rest was history, but I had been on the road full time since I was 18 years old. And by the time wow. I was 25, I was burnt the fuck out. Yeah. Um, you were busy, like pretty much from the start. Like that's, yeah. It, it's a lot. It's a, it's lot, a lot, especially it, that age, that young. Yeah. And that like, even on the independence, I was grinding as hard as I could. Like I was doing everything local. I was taking every single tour. Like I was really fortunate. Like I did a whole summer in Mexico because of Sarah stock. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to South Africa. I went, um, I, think I went to Germany and, and then just, you know, all this stuff in the States and like, I was busy, busy, go, go, go. But like you hit a nerve there. You know, I, I had, I was doing what I wanted career wise, but I also had no, I had no foundation. I felt like this like transient nomad, which I was into, but like also nothing felt like home anymore. I'd been single the whole time, essentially, besides, you know, wrestling relationships, which are really healthy, well-balanced beings (laughs) when, (laughs) when you've grown up in the business, like when you've had your formative years in the business, it's really skewed to what is normal. Um, Yeah. So I was just, I was, I never wanted to be that grizzled, burnt out person. And I was slowly starting to become it. Um, And before it reared its ugly head where any of my colleagues could see it, I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm out. And when I said I was out, I meant it. Um, But here we are a decade later, I'm well rested. I've had 10 years. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what, that's, it's so good to hear that throughout the entire time you had a good head on your shoulders Mm. especially that young especially knowing like you and I knowing how the wrestling business can really be and can really do to somebody at such a young age did you did you still watch wrestling even after uh taking the break leaving what would you Mm -mm. you, what would you say (laughs) like leaving? no no I think I was soured I was burnt like I when I say burnt I mean like physically, mentally, like morally, I was just like, fuck wrestling. Like I'm done. Yeah. But I say that about the business. I was still so excited and so proud of so many of my friends that were like making huge strides and, you know, jumping to the companies they wanted to. So I say I didn't watch wrestling, Mm -hmm. but every year I went to a raw or a SmackDown or a yeah. TNA or an impact. And I sat front row cheering for 
you know, my friends. And it was more mm-hmm. about bringing my son and like making it a family thing. So I was so, so proud of my friends, but as an individual, I had to take that break. Like I, nothing was enjoyable anymore except being excited for my friends. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So then mm-hmm. I guess at what moment you were kind of like, okay, like, ah, I, I want to get back into it. I, I want that feeling again. I want to get yeah. physical again. What was what was it that made you just be like, yes, this is, I got to do it again? Well, I actually got the itch a few years ago. Um, it's not overly commonly known. It's not that I hit it. It just, you know, just, it didn't work out. So I think it was, it was before I had my son. So he's going to be three next month. So it was at least three and a half, four years ago. Okay. Um, WWE had called me and they had invited me to participate in the first May Young Classic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I had been out of business. So that I, that 2007, I, I was out for six years at that point. I haven't bumped, mm-hmm. I have nothing. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that sounds like a great opportunity. Um, but I don't think I was like fully ready. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like it was my idea. I had an invite mm-hmm. and then I thought, okay, better. Like this is great. And I did maybe two weeks of training and I got a massive concussion after, oh. yeah, after going hard for six years, seven years, yeah. years professionally, I was good. And I just, I headbutted the, it was all like a freak accident. I ended up headbutting the steel pole beam. Oh. Yeah. I overshot the turnbuckle. I'm a lot stronger than I used to be. So I just overshot it, nailed the beam. I cut my nose, like this, like it looked like I broke my nose. I cut the skin there. I cut the skin um, on my cheek. I had to like, walk oh my gosh. yeah, I had to go to the hospital. I had to get my face glued and I had never had post concussion syndrome, but literally for a week or two, I couldn't remember how to say the word the, it was just gone from my vocabulary. And that sounds so dumb, but you don't understand how hard it is to talk without the, <laughs> whoa. So like give me an example. (laughs) I would just be like, okay, I've got to go to the, or sorry, let me, I have to go to, um, store. And then I was like, hold on, something's missing. And it was gone. It was just, it was gone. And then I like, I was, I wasn't talking as much because I was like, oh my God, am am I permanently punch drunk? Like, fuck, what did I do? So I politely, (laughs) pulled out oh that's crazy oh my gosh and I wasn't right for a good month but like thankfully um you know with some brain injuries it it, you essentially just bruise your brain enough that it it really screwed up my my linear thinking and my linguistic skills and my cognitive abilities um Mm. but like I'm mostly okay now (laughs) mostly (laughs) (laughs) such Um, a wrestler thing to say (laughs) I'm okay for you know me but um and then I was uh, for the first time ever I was like kind of scared um to be in the ring uh but then after I had my son and I got you know I had a wonderful 14 months off from being a firefighter um, you know, I'm married. Uh, I have a stepson, and everybody's half healthy, health, he- healthy. Everybody is happy and. Healthy. Are you concussed right now, Taylor? Yep. No, <laughs> nope, it has nothing to do with the beer I'm having. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, everything was going really well. Everything was like stable. 
the thing mm-hmm. I, I was so desperate for stability. And I've been fortunate enough that every few years I get a call from a company asking me if I'm interested in coming back. And it's just not been an interest. It really hasn't, especially after I got my bell rung. Um, but this was more um, from a girlfriend standpoint, working um, for a major company. And it mm-hmm. just like sparked my interest. I was like, yes. Yes, I want to come back to wrestling. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know where I want to go, but like, I miss it. I miss that part of who I am. Like it never went away. I just, I had other interests. I had other things I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just like, again, just like my career started, all the stars aligned and that's kind of what happened again. And I'm so fortunate that I have such a good wrestling family in Toronto that it wasn't like I had to drive four hours out of my way to find a wrestling school and start again. It's like, you know, um, Chris Chambers has his facility super kicked in Liberty village and it's yep. just, you know, a 20 minute drive for me, you know, school mm-hmm. well. and, um, yeah, it's, it's been a blast. I feel so good. It's just, it's so weird coming back to the school because nobody I've trained with is there anymore besides Chris and he owns. The place. Yes. And for oh. anyone who is looking, Chris Chambers is, an amazing trainer, amazing yeah. wrestler. So definitely check him out. Super kicked in Toronto. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great place for you to be at, to, yeah. you know, do your flippy flips and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it feels really good. And, um, you know, besides just getting your cardio and your wind back up, I really feel like I, ha- I feel like I haven't taken 10 years off. It's kind of crazy. Oh my goodness. So yeah. then were you, were you nervous at all though? Like, did you no. think about your head? No, no, fuck it. No, fuck. My head's <laughs> fine now. <laughs> no, it, you know what? I felt, um, it was just like that first couple of months afterwards. Like what, what have I done? And, you know, my parents are very supportive and, um, my bless my mom. She's always been worried. Like what mother would be worried. Yeah. Uh, my dad was more like, yeah, that's my girl. But like <laughs> after uh-huh. I got hurt, they're both like, they're both way more apprehensive and they're older too. And I get it, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, no fear. Like frig, like talking to Josh, like Mr. I broke my neck. No problem. <laughs> like head injuries, nothing, whatever. I just, the, I could do without it, I guess. <laughs> Head injury is like up there. It's like the same as a neck injury for sure. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But no, I feel, I felt a lot like it just, I pushed myself in a time when I really wasn't ready to come back. It was like, I was just trying to take advantage of a moment and an opportunity because mm-hmm. it felt kind of right, but it wasn't like this time I was like, yeah, I miss it. I love it. I consciously want to get back. So I don't know. I just think I'm in a different mindset and I know for athletes, your mindset is literally everything. Like mm-hmm. a monkey yep. can learn how to do it, like anything physical, but it's it's your mind that sets you apart. Yes. So after an amazing and very successful wrestling run, you mentioned mm-hmm. you became a firefighter. Yes. Was, was this like the next thing on your list that you wanted to be when you were a kid? You know, like having <laughs> dope ass careers. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a 14 year old boy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I make no sense. My poor mother. <laughs> um, well, here's the truth. When I was like 11 or 12, I wanted to join the military. That is what I always thought I wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. Which is like totally normal for a little girl. right? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but my parents were like, no, you're 12. You can't join the military. Like, why don't we broaden your horizons? So um, by the time I was looking post-wrestling, I knew I wanted to be in the emergency services mm-hmm. um, because of the little bit of charitable work that I got to do with wrestling, like working with um, Make-A-Wish Foundation and um, a few shelters and donation drives. That part of me that I'd never been able to do, that like philanthropist side, the mm-hmm. helping your community really, really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and after doing research, I knew I wasn't a cop. I don't have the makeup for it. Uh, paramedicine was very close, but firefighting just spoke to me because obviously I'm not right in the head. Um, (laughs) I'm a professional wrestler. (laughs) Why wouldn't I want to run into burning buildings? That just seems like the next logical move. (laughs) And, um, it just seemed like so team oriented where like policing is way more independent work. Paramedicine mm-hmm. can kind of be more independent. Um, firefighting really seemed like being on a hockey team. And when you, you know, spend your days in between calls, it's a lot of like locker room banter. And it just, you know, it seemed really right for me. And every day is different. Um, I thought, you know, it, it, it's definitely an old boys club. It's getting a lot better. But I thought if anyone could kind of find their own place in that world, it's me after being on the road in a company where you're kind of like 20 to one to the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's as much as I thought that I and I have a thick skin, it still was really uh, quite challenging for me in my first couple of years. Still, you know, enough dinosaurs that don't <laughs> see that as a job for women that are, you know. Yeah, and, you know, and you, you're young and you're bright eyed, bushy tailed, and you're just like, I love, I love everything. And then some mm-hmm. old guys like, why are you here? <laughs> you don't. Yeah. So, but uh, you know what? Now I love it, and all the fucks that I used to have have completely fallen off. So um, I don't. There's no one that bullies me, but I will say wrestling has definitely been the unifying factor that's bonded me with um, my guys on the job because. Mm-hmm most men in their you know mid to late 40s love professional wrestling so you know it's something they can talk to me about that's neutral so yeah it's it's been perfect synchronicity really that's good that's good (laughs) now are you you're still doing it now yep oh yeah full-time um wow uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's eight days a month and we work 24 hour shifts. So we still pull 42 and a half hours a week, but it's just in 24 hour blocks. So is it something where you, can you pick your own schedule? Because then now with your impact schedule, does it kind of overlap or are they pretty lenient with, with your schedule? Yeah. So I get my schedule, um, a year in advance. So with my schedule being eight days a month um, and I have, you know, three weeks holidays and I get loo days and stuff like that. So I've just formulated to work around uh, my impact schedule. And it would actually be a lot more seamless if it wasn't for the um, needing to quarantine for two weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, after. But you know what? It's a it's a brilliant job um, to do something like this when like, I, I believe I've developed a pretty good work rapport. You know, I've seldom used a sick day unless I was on my deathbed. 
the schedule is great in terms of the impact schedule. And my crew is really, really excited for me to go back. The only thing that they're bummed about is that they can't charter a bus and show up at an impact and tailgate. (laughs) That's nice. Good support. Yeah. I'm very fortunate. It's uh, I'm in a very different place than when I first started on the fire department. That's for sure. I got a really good crew and a, a good chief and the, they're all big, they're all big Taylor Wilde fans. It's, uh, oh, that's great. Well, hopefully, I mean, the world goes back to normal and then yeah. Impact can start having the shows in Canada again yeah. soon. It'll like me, nice. I'm dying to like just watch Josh in person, you know what I mean? And watch him it's live. Jet. And like Jet is a huge, huge wrestling fan. Aww. Like he is every day. He's wrestling on the couch. This kid. <laughs> has such great aim like he'll legit kick at you but he won't touch you he won't and but if he does it's just a light tap but he he also slaps his leg so it's like and he's so in sync it's crazy he loves it so much and he does josh's entrance you know i handmade headgear and he was so proud to wear me the picture yeah so genius oh my god He's like, he's a you know, good mom. he's adjusting his headgear just like dad and like, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's the cutest thing. <laughs> Quite proud. <laughs> That's adorable. Taylor loves wrestling too. He's uh, really into kicking and punching, but yeah, he, uh, he, he's stiff as hell, man. He's not, <laughs> he's not a worker. <laughs> he's totally my karma. <laughs> Does he watch? Have you shown him uh, all your stuff? Ah, so I, I had played it before. Like, I don't know how it ended up in the cottage, but like, it's the only place we have a DVD player. Um, Mm. one of the like knockout history DVDs. And like, we, my husband put it on as a joke and like, I don't, my, my stepson, he understood it, but Taylor was too young at the time. And Mm. I put wrestling on TV with Taylor and Taylor is kind of in the mode where he's like, no mommy, no hitting. (laughs) Oh, so yeah, he's, he's not quite, how old is Jack? He will be three in June. So they're like very similar in age. Very similar. No, Taylor just like gives a shit about cars and dinosaurs. Oh, same with Jet. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. This kid is, he's obsessed with like, yeah, oh, yeah. Wrestling, he loves, but he also loves construction trucks. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Like he knows all of them. Yeah. Yeah excavators yeah. bulldozers all that stuff i can't get over their vocabulary how it blooms at this age oh my gosh yes like jet in like a week he all of a sudden just started talking like all these senses like full-on yes. senses i'm like what like where where, yes. where? <laughs> taylor how? really went from he like kind of skipped that labeling phase where you know a lot of kids are just like duck, dog, mom. Yeah. He didn't really yeah. do that. He was like quite quiet. Like he was loud, but he was just like babbering on in his own language. Mm-hmm. And like I was getting a little not worried, but like, you know, they shove benchmarks down your throat. Um <laughs> I was a little bit worried. Like I was like, he's not really talking. And mm-hmm. but then he just like all of a sudden he was speaking in two words, like, no, thank you. Yes, mom. And then it's just gone bonkers from there so yes oh my god it's funny how they all develop differently yes 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 okay so i'm i'm assuming you named him after your wrestling name 
or <laughs> which would make me seem like a total mark, but <laughs> <laughs> it was actually my husband's idea. Um, I never, ever, 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 ever thought of it. I really like androgynous names, names that could go either way. Like Jed is quite androgynous, like could be a girl or a boy name. Um, but I knew that I wanted to name my son something that was feminine and masculine. And um, Dave was just like, well, how about Taylor? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. I didn't even think of that. And I, you know, at that point I was so removed from wrestling. I didn't even think of like the ramifications now that I'm back in it. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's already been done. So whatever. I think it's so cute. Did you, <laughs> so that, did it take you guys a while to come up with a name? Yeah, there was like a lot of like every name I chose, Dave didn't like. What about you guys? Um, we knew right off the bat. We also had a name um that we really liked for well, for a girl. We we oh. actually we thought we were getting a girl. Like, you know, really? how I was like, oh yeah, I feel it. Like how yeah, the yeah. <laughs> how can you feel it? It's my first pregnancy, you <laughs> idiot. But like <laughs> it's like, yeah, it feels like a girl. <laughs> But, the same. <laughs> totally the same. but we, we knew right away. And then when we found out he was a boy, I was just like stuck. The only thing we knew was that we wanted a J name because both of our names are J. And so we, we just kept coming up with J names, J names, and nothing was really sticking. So it was pretty hard. And then the one morning I said, okay, so what about Jet? Josh is like, one T or two T's? I'm like, two T's. And it's like, okay, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll put that in like a maybe pile. Like we liked it. And then that night, my water broke two months early. Yeah. Two months early. It came two months early. Yeah. But that night my water broke. And then um, I was backstage at Destiny. And I had no idea. I had no idea. Like seven months pregnant. I'm like, oh my God, I just pissed myself. I was watching Josh Russell and I started from what I thought. I'm like, oh my God, I'm peeing. Like what? And I'm trying to like hold it in. Right. (laughs) And like, it wasn't just kept coming out. And I'm the only freaking person sitting on a chair and everyone, because I'm the pregnant one. So everyone was like, no, 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 you sit on the chair. And because they needed all the chairs for for the fans because they really sold out that night so everyone is sitting on the floor around me and I was like oh my god please don't make this even worse so I'm like hoping there's no puddle beneath me and like puddle (laughs) no they actually the chair was a fabric chair oh thank god yeah thank god and like I was running to the bathroom here and there and I was like texting Josh. I'm like, hey, as soon as you get to the back after your match, he's I'm texting him while he's wrestling. I'm like, can you bring me your towel? <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck's going on with you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm peeing. I don't know why this is happening. And, um, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And I tried to we got home about 11 that night. I tried to sleep it off. And it kept waking me up and I'm like, oh, like Jet's never made me feel this way before. So I better just call my midwife and called her and she's like, yeah, you're going into labor. So just, uh, yeah. And and that was that. And then while we were waiting at the hospital, um, I asked about names and 
so we basically narrowed it down to the one name if we ever have another child and Jet. <laughs> we were like, oh, okay, well, let's just wait till we meet him and see what he, you know, see what jumps out at us. Yeah. So even after he was born, he didn't have a name yet for like, they took him out. They immediately took him to the NICU. And yeah. um, that's when we decided his name. I'm like, it's perfect because Jet, he jetted yeah, his that. way out. <laughs> and because I said his name that morning and my water broke, like it was, it was perfect. It was just the perfect yes. name for him. So that's how we got mm. it. <laughs> that's incredible. So did you do two months in the NICU then? Uh, he was there for a full month. Okay. Um, very lucky. He was such a fighter. The first week, week and a half was a little uh, iffy, but um, from that point on, he just kept friggin' hitting all of, um, you know, all of his milestones yeah. that he needed to hit in the NICU. My only, um, my only problem I had there was I had a nurse that was part time. And by now all the nurses know me because I was there legit there as much as I could be. Like it's, it it was so tough to just leave the hospital. And then like, when you show up, he just, Jet just knew, you know? So the moment I'd I'd walk into his spot, he'd start moving around. But anyway, this one nurse, it was when he, he had a feeding tube, right? Yeah. And this was at the point where we were trying to see if he could do it on his own, right? Oh. If he if he could nurse on his own, and and he was doing really good. But this part time nurse just coming in, thinking, oh, he can't do it, but like he didn't have a bowel movement yet, you know. Oh. So he's not going to eat much, and their stomachs are super tiny. Uh, oh yeah, especially when they're premature. So of course, um, so he didn't really eat much from me, right? And so she took it as that he couldn't do it himself. And I fought. It's so important. I just want everyone to know it's so freaking important. If you have an instinct, friggin' fight for it and fight, fight for your kid because you know your kid best. Anyway, I fought and I fought. And I said, you're not putting that tube into him because that's just going to make things worse. You're just, you're not letting him do it on his own. Yeah. And the next morning I waited for the, for the next nurse to to come in because she was a full-time and she knew me Mm -hmm. and she's like, yep, you're totally right. And we talked to the doctor. And so they were all on my side. Thank goodness, because Jet continued to do so well. And I believe like a week and a half after that, they said they released him. They let him come home with me. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. And if they put that tube back in, they would have just set him back. It just it's like, Ugh. you know, you, it seems that when it comes to medical health, whether it's your own or your child's or maybe even your partner's, depending on the situation, mm-hmm. you know, you're at your weakest, you are worn down mentally and physically. And it's the very last moment that you want to have to be fighting for your rights. But oh my gosh, yes, it's so true. You have to be your own biggest advocate. And, you know, like, I don't like shitting on anybody in, um, you know, that's a first responder because we're all human. I get it. We all have bad days, but the difference is our bad days really have to be checked quick because your bad day is the difference between life and death. So mm-hmm. I, I fully agree with you. You, you need to advocate and thank goodness you did excellent mama skills. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so well, glad to hear Jets well. He looks, he's gorgeous and he's thriving. Thank you. He's a maniac. <laughs> oh, I know. Mine too. He's a, he's a little too smart for like totally. his own good. Yeah. Gosh. I got one of those. Does Jet <laughs> like to go to bed? Because mine doesn't. Oh, man. You know what? Jet is thankfully really good now. Did uh-huh. you, did you hit like all the sleep regressions? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's still he's still in no, actually, you know what? He's good now. He sleeps through the night. It's just going to bed. We yeah. play that game where I put him to bed and then he runs out of bed like five or six times. And oh I have no. To take him back. Yeah. Like, Wait, but like you you have him in a you have him in a toddler bed? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh no. I'm it's- keeping Jet in the group as long as I can. <laughs> I would no, 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 no. <laughs> Taylor scaled that bad boy. He climbed out of that bitch when he was 19 months old. And that was it. You know what? I, okay. So Jet was absolutely terrible. So the problem was, is I let him co-sleep with me until he was uh, 10 or 11 months. Yep. I did too. Did you? Okay. Well, I Uh, I had to survive. Taylor didn't sleep. So he would only sleep with me. I don't remember how old he was when I cut it off but mm-hmm. um it would like i said i would never go sleep but you know what that's bullshit you oh same i said i put all I these things yeah i was like oh yep not gonna go yeah. sleep um he's he's going sh- straight in his crib uh you're not gonna i'm not gonna do this and this nope. all of that stuff i totally did because you gotta do what feels right for yes. you and your kid like yeah the people that have sleep. the most opinions are the ones that don't have children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. So putting him back in this crib was really bad. I tried oh, to sleep train him myself after doing mm-hmm. like a crap ton of research. Yep. Um, although I did get him sleeping in his bed, naps were a problem. So that's when we mm. actually hired a sleep consultant. Amazing. We had to, and like he was good, but then the moment he'd be back on track, uh, a freaking regression would come, or teething would come, uh, or like he'd get sick, like every single time. Yeah, I think I sleep trained him for uh, I want to say like five times. I think I did too. Oh my I god! I feel your pain. Honestly, oh. I had the same thing. I would get Taylor on track, and then he would be teething, or he would be sick or like Taylor had 10 teeth by the time he was like 10 months. Like it was mental. Whoa. I was like, you have a full, like you look ridiculous. You look like Jim Carrey <laughs> as a baby. Like, can you please sleep? <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you know, I hear of these women that get these angel babies and I, my, my son, I love him and he's very smart and he's very energetic, but he, is literally the worst sleeper so i totally feel your pain like it's mental it's mental i'm I'm sorry he runs out see (laughs) jet started um climbing out of his crib Mm. thankfully while i was while i had the sleep consultant with me so she told me right away do not like go in just put him straight in the bed and keep repeating that don't make eye contact don't don't talk to him just go in you're there for like a second drop him oh. back into the crib and leave right away. Interesting. Like, no talking, no nothing. And we did it um, three times in a row and he yeah. stopped wow. and he has, and that was when he was like, Oh, I forget. I forget. 
Yeah, like, I uh, get it. Yeah, whatever. Um, and he did. He did try it again. Yeah, he did try it again recently, probably like a few months ago. Yeah, I just went and did the same thing, and he didn't try it again after that. Wow. So he gets it. They're so yeah. smart. They get it. They they play you, man. Oh my god, do they ever? <laughs> like, little geniuses, little evil geniuses. But like sometimes I'm like, fuck, you're cute. Mm. That's oh it. God, fine. I will give in. <laughs> I know. I'm 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 terrible. Like I I complain and I'm like, you're the worst, but I'm like, come into bed. <laughs> you're so cute. You smell so good. <laughs> Do you think you'll What's... have another one? Oh literally. Yeah. All that sleep training. <laughs> I know. I hear you, girl. Jet is literally the complete opposite of Lucas. Lucas mm-hmm. was oh super laid back, chill. Although he didn't, he started talking much later than Jet did. Okay. Um, and Lucas was just only into cars and trains. That's it. Mm. He was never interested in anything else. Even I introduced so many things to try to get him, you know, uh, like liking other things yeah. and, and just expanding, you know, his likes. Of course. But nope. Very adamant. Trains, cars. That's it. Huh. Uh, Jet is complete opposite. He likes everything, anything. Yeah. He's like, he's reading Easy. right now, and he's just, he's a lot. He's <laughs> yeah, I hear you. He's a lot in like potty training. Um, <sighs> Lucas understood it, right? Yeah, Lucas understood it. the The only problem was having both households on the same page about it. Yes, um, but yeah, the moment that we were finally on the same page he was good okay that's cool like i had my own daycare at the time so wow yeah so i was training all like i had five kids in my care and they were all about the same age and so i was training all of them at the same time which probably made it easier for lucas too because he's seeing all the other kids doing it right and jet oh my god this kid is just in his He's like, yeah, he's just deciding whatever the heck he wants to freaking do. Yeah. And right now I just, I can't be, I'm just like kind of laid back with the, with the potty training. We've been yeah. doing it since November and I'm just yep. like, you understand it. You just, okay. You Don't. Just, yeah. Just, and yeah. And some boy, like Jet seems like he's the same as Taylor. They're disgusting. They'll poo and they don't even tell you. They're just like, they're not bothered by it. They're like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just, I got poo in my pants and I'm going to get on with my day. And speaking of poo, what's the <laughs> grossest thing that Taylor's done? Hmm. Like I'll share, I'll share mine while you're yeah, thinking. Go ahead, Maybe they'll help you. Yeah. Okay. So when Jet realized that stuff comes out of his bum <laughs> and into his diaper, okay, he would immediately put his hands in his diaper and touch it. Okay, the grossest thing takes it and smears it on the white walls. Oh no! Probably the grossest thing. That is gross. And like, he's only done it three times. But (laughs) the third time of him doing it, he, I said, Jet, stop! (laughs) And and he proceeded to put his hand in his diaper. I said, Do not, no, thank you. And he stared at me the entire time. And just, you know, smeared the poop on oh, the wall God. while looking at me. Oh, I was like, no. okay, okay, we're, we're going to have to start training soon. So. 
<laughs> You're pushing me. <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking about it. Taylor has done anything that was like nothing maliciously gross. He's more of like a Dennis the Menace. Like Ooh. I have to keep my eye on him at all times. Like unless he's mesmerized by a show for like 10 minutes, I will have like a window to shower. But like if things go quiet, I swear on my life, he is like, he's climbed up the kitchen counter and he's sitting on the counter with two butcher knives in his hands. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like he's mental. If he gets like his hands on anything that's writable, like he, he did, my husband was home and I was at work, of course. And I don't know what Dave was doing, but he wasn't watching him. He must have been on the phone or something. And Taylor had done some abstract art all over all the white walls with oh, Sharpie. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. The couch himself, like, he really committed. Um, <laughs> he's he's just more of, like, a like a menace. But yeah. He's not so gross. He's actually um, kind of, like, not neat and tidy per se, but, like, if, like, he's crushing cheesies, you know, when you get all that orange yeah, on your yeah, hands, you'd be like, yeah. ew, mommy, mommy, get it off. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's just cheesies. You eat rocks, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, I'll, I'll meet you with the menace to the gross. I don't have any gross <laughs> stories. <laughs> Ooh, so is his artwork still on the wall? No, thank you, Magic Eraser. Please, oh, hey. all moms. <laughs> yes. Jeez. No, it actually wasn't too bad. A little hot water and soap broke it down and then Matt mm-hmm. Bracer did the rest. So it was all right. Yeah. I wasn't honestly too stressed about it. Like my house isn't a new build. It's old and it's not like I want to live like a savage, but I'm also like, you know, kids are going to be kids. I don't get too bent out of shape about that stuff. Mm-hmm. If I had a nice new house, I probably would have lost it for half a second, but it is what <laughs> it is. <laughs> What's the best thing about being a mom? Oh man, I I think it's just watching your child become a little human, like yeah. watching watching them progress and become independent. It like makes you so proud and like turns you so buttery in like a second. Like Taylor is, he goes to preschool three days a week, and I, as much as he's a menace, and as much as he doesn't like to go to bed, and he totally loves mommy and daddy. He is like a confident little soldier, just like, bye, mom. See you later. There's never been a moment of tears. Um, Yeah. So it it makes me so proud, but it's also like, oh, my God, God, why do you love me? (laughs) Why won't you miss me? (laughs) Well, you know, that's what you want. That's the dream. But like, yeah, uh, it just I think like watching them grow and opening a part of you that like simply just didn't exist like Mm -hmm. this sensitive side of you um it's a new it's a new type of love like yeah it's uh what do you what about you oh I think the same just watching them grow into little humans and it just amazes me like whatever new thing that Jet picks up it completely amazes me like he Mm. loves to narrate his play (laughs) and I'm just like wow like he knows it he doesn't go to daycare or anything like that so he's just like home with me yeah you know so the one thing and with this pandemic the one thing that 
I was worried about was his social life, right? But like, luckily, he has Lucas, so they play a lot. And, you know, I have friends with kids too that I'll go, um, go and visit, or my brother has three kids. So he is around other kids, but, you know, I, I don't get to see him with kids. Like, I don't know, you know, like that sounds really weird, but no, I get it. You want to see them interact with just other kids. But now like we were just, we've been having beautiful weather here. Um, We've gone to the park the last three days and he is just on his own. He is good. And it makes my heart happy. He's good making friends with other people. And he's like talking to the other kids and getting them to play. So I'm like, okay, thank goodness. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, Um, just that, just, just, just watching them and just knowing that you had a hand in their growth and development. Like that's so freaking rewarding. For sure. All worth the sleepless nights. Yeah. Um, Well, (laughs) yes, I guess. I miss sleep, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) Let's take a break and play a little bit of this or that. Okay. Okay. Baguettes in France or spaghetti in Italy? I'm going to go with spaghetti in Italy. Yeah, me too. too. (laughs) Um, Sneakers or heels? Oh, sneakers, hands down. Would you rather be an amazing dancer or an amazing singer? I would rather be an amazing singer, but I am not. And I'm actually a pretty decent dancer. So I would like what I can't do. (laughs) I want to be an amazing dancer. Yeah. Oh, you sing? I love dancing. Oh, like. I would do like talent shows. Oh, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't sing. I don't sing. But like, okay. I would do. Um, no, I just I I love dancing. Like one my school friends, yeah. she used to do like jazz and hip hop, oh, and cool. so we do these talent shows together. And um, she would just show me the moves. If you show me the moves, I can yeah. I can do it. I can hit right. it. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved it. Like I don't know. I I want to be an amazing dancer. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Would you rather clean up puke or clean up glitter? Have you had Taylor play with glitter? Yes. Nightmare. I don't do it anymore. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with glitter because with my job, I get puked on a lot by adults and I've like had my fill of puke. So I'm going to go with the thing that doesn't smell as bad. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Grown. Okay. Grown people puking. That's gross. Like I should have child puke. Yeah. I was, I should have specified like child. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I forgot. Like, (laughs) I remember. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Glitter's a pain in the ass. I still have glitter stuck in my garbage can. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the glitter then. I'll oh, go gosh. with the glitter. I'm gonna stick with the glitter. <laughs> okay, would you last one? G- would you give up cursing forever or give up ice cream for five years? I don't think I could not curse. So smelly <laughs> later ice cream. <laughs> I don't I literally yeah, I don't think I could. I don't I don't have to in my work world, in either jobs. Um I've I've chosen to have a swearing house, you know, when you make that decision. Yes. And I'm just gonna tell Taylor, you know, when and like teach him what he can and cannot use and hope for the best. Oh yeah. Kids kids know. Yeah. Kids know. 
Kids know. <laughs> well, I should. Does he know any though? Does he say any? No, he doesn't swear. He's when he says fork, it sounds like fuck. And my stepson gets very confused that he's swearing. And I'm like, no, he's just saying fork. He's just doesn't enunciate. Does does Jet swear already? Uh yeah, he says the <laughs> F word and he sounds just like me. So of course it's easy to know who freaking taught him, taught him it. <laughs> like oh, that's funny. he says it like fuck. Exactly like that. Exactly that tone. Exactly that stretch of the U says it spot on and knows when to say it. So I'm now, okay, it was cute when he knew how to say it at 18 months, but like now it's getting like, okay, he knows what it, like he knows the context of it because if he Mm -hmm. will accidentally do something bad or if he just throws stuff on the floor, I'll be like, Jet, that's not nice. And he'll be like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. Kate, please don't say that. Fuck. I'm like, no, 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 please, <sighs> please don't say that. Mommy doesn't like that word. Fuck. That's I'm like, okay, well, he's just really not. Funny. He also understands the word that I don't want him to say. So he's going to say it. So, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's a losing battle. But uh, you know what? He's with me 24 hours. So, what do y'all expect? I'm sorry. Yeah, you're a human being. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Going back to the puke thing. Yeah. Um, do you have a crazy firefighter experience or oh, story? God. Like it, uh, any story like a directly related to puke or. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Related to like firefighting. Oh yeah. Um, so funny. Cause like, we do so much and then you forget because it's almost like a, your brain protects you um, so that you don't, you know, have post-traumatic stress. And then, you know, if someone says something and it brings up a story and you remember it, um, oh you know, should what? I be asking this? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I feel I'll bad. Keep, I'll keep it PG-13. No, no, no. I'm fine. Don't worry. I have a good therapist. I'm not worried. Okay. <laughs> um, we actually just had a fire downtown not that long ago. And uh it's really crazy. It was like uh, on a down, it was on college street. So it's like a downtown busy street it's during COVID. So people are home and uh, there are definitely a lot more fires because people are home. They're cooking more. They're using their chimneys that haven't been cleaned and whatever. Um, but uh, there was smoke billowing out of this uh, third story window. And it was, you know, mid morning. You think everyone was home and, uh, you know, if smoke's billowing out, that means, you know, the fire is already going pretty well. And mm-hmm. uh, so we throw a ladder up and I go up the ladder and then we have to throw another ladder up to scale the second roof. And like, as I'm getting up to the top window to crack the window and, and, and jump in, mm-hmm. this guy starts like crawling out of the window. And I'm like, oh. <gasps> you were in there the whole time eating smoke. Like that's how people perish is actually the smoke inhalation versus yeah. burns. And um, so he, he basically self rescues onto the third floor. And then I'm like, okay, come, come, come. Like you need like the, the stability of the roof becomes more and more questionable as the minutes pass as the fire is mm. still burning. And I'm like, okay, come on, come on, come on. Like I got to get you down this ladder. And he starts talking on his cell phone. 
<laughs> like he's just like he's like hey what's up yeah like my house is on fire like I'm like I don't know who you're on the phone with but like you gotta get down like now what and, the uh, yeah so and then I had to like half carry him half you know just talk him down the stairs and yeah uh, I don't know it's it wasn't even that crazy it's just uh, the like the, use your sense like yeah there's just people are very confusing <laughs> <laughs> um i'm trying to think if i have any like really i have really like x-rated stories that i can't really tell on air um damn it can you tell me after yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> um you know what what i will say is since we're in this current climate you know obviously my job uh continued when covid started and mm-hmm. I will say it was a very, very stressful time for all first responders, police, paramedics, and ourselves because we didn't know what the hell we were dealing with. And it Mm -hmm. seemed like every other call we got was um, COVID related or people were definitely COVID positive. I'd say like within the first, like within March, I probably had at least 10 positive COVID um, exposures. Like with my PPE on and, um, you know, going through all the proper protocols, but mm-hmm. it, it was a very, um, uncertain, really stressful trying time. And Whoa. Uh, yeah. And I'm really happy we're on the other side of it and I've, I've had my first vaccine, but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, um, we didn't know, right. We were like, are we going to be the first ones dropping like flies? Like, yeah, this is what we signed up for. So, you know, buck up, <laughs> here we go. But yeah, that was probably like, you know, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. I've had to do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, but I would say COVID's definitely been the most trying thing in my mm-hmm. career so far. Um, How was the vaccine? Not bad. You know, just yeah. like, honestly, just, just like a, just like a flu shot. Yeah. I'll tell you one crazy story. It's not my story. So I feel less bad telling it. Um <laughs> we run jumpers in the subway all the time. What had happened as uh, this gentleman had jumped in front of the train mm-hmm. and he jumped in front of, like, I don't know if they were running extra fast, extra slow, something happened. And he, have, you take the, you've taken the subway before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the small gap in between the subway car and the actual platform, it's probably two and a half inches yeah yeah like it's very small Mm -hmm. so this jumper had jumped in front of the train and with torque and physics he had twisted from just like literally where his like belly button is halfway down the car in between the platform and the subway oh what how (sighs) oh like just pure like velocity and torque of when he jumped and how fast the train was going. And it's not, that is not unusual. So the gentleman was still uh, alive at that point because essentially the train and the platform were acting as like a tourniquet. Mm -hmm. He was holding all of his parts together. Yeah. So the moment that train was going to be moved, yeah. He was going to be in two pieces and he yeah. would perish immediately. 
So it was just like having a conversation with a man who made a conscious decision to jump to end his life, who was then alive and was very aware, like, I'm going to, I'm alive, but in moments I will not be alive. And he was having mm-hmm. like massive regrets and like, you're just a human. So anyways, so um, yeah, there's just like a lot of mental, really trying stuff. You know, a lot of people think firefighters, oh, the job's easy, just sit around all day. And there's not that many mm-hmm. fires, but like, you know, for the times that we are recuperating in between calls, we do a lot of damage to our body and our minds. Um, yeah. We do oh run my calls. So. Yeah. So that's, that's one, one tale. And I have many, many, many more that I will not tell on the air. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You're oh. running asking now. <laughs> I'm just like crouched over right now. <laughs> trying to look for my notes. <laughs> like, and, you know, the crazy like, thing is like, so like we can run that in the morning, in the evening, at two in the morning, like, and then we got to just keep going on with our day. It's not like, wow, that was a lot. Like, that's just like, that's a drop in the bucket. You know what I mean? Man. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, it's, uh, I, I think, to keep this, the, uh, this, I think, I think this, uh, <laughs> That's it. I've read I, the show. This, uh, <laughs> this, this moment deserves another game. To- <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay. okay. We're going to play rapid fire. I'm going to yeah. name a simple move and you just shout out the first wrestler that comes to your mind. Oh God. I'm so bad at this. Oh God. Okay. It's good. You'll do good. You'll do good. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> the first one. It's super simple. The first one drop kick. Benoit. Super kick. Shawn Michaels. Chokeslam. Undertaker. DDT. Rey Mysterio. You know what? You're the, I think you're the first person to not say Jake the Snake. Really? Yeah. And you know what? I, man, good on you. Good on you. Thank you. Yes. I just picture Ray doing like tilt a whirl into everything. And I always, he always did a tilt a whirl DDT because he's so little. Well, thank you. <laughs> neck breaker. Neck breaker, neck breaker. Oh. Almost everybody has um, a different answer. Well, everybody has like a a, uh, a problem thinking. About it yeah. Like, I feel like that's such a transitional move. It's like not a, like it's not a finisher anymore. Oh, God. Who do I think? I can't think of anyone. <laughs> it could be anyone. I could just name anyone. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Like for me, I always think of Shane Douglas. Yeah, that's true. Um, I can't literally like I literally can't think of a single person that made a neck breaker good. I just feel like that's like a, such a transitional move nowadays. Um, I can do this. I can do this. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Triple H. I've seen him do a few swinging neck breakers. You go, see? You named somebody. Uh, Moonsault. <laughs> Moonsault. I'm trying to think who I liked the best. There's so many. You know what? I'm going to go with Lita because I feel like she was like the first girl uh. I hit on TV. Yeah. Was it? It definitely was not the best, <laughs> but it was there. It was there. And the last one is Powerbomb. 
awesome color. Ooh, I like that answer. Thank you. It's because I took it eight million times (laughs) (laughs) for three years of my career. (laughs) And speaking of wrestling, you've officially made your return to Impact. What, What were your feelings walking into the studio? it's been a decade, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone that like most of the people that I worked with at TNA are now in like the management side of things. All the girls are new, um, like in terms of the roster for me. And there's so many new people. So I definitely, even though, you know, I've been in business for a long time, I had Mm -hmm. like the first day of school (laughs) jitters again. Um, But it's so weird after being there for a few hours, it just, everything felt so normal. It just felt like coming home to my like lost family. Yeah. It felt really good. Like it felt right. Um, there was moments to myself where I thought like, am I going to feel really out of place? Like, am I too old for this? Um, like not actually, but you know what I mean? Just you question Mm -hmm. yourself. So I don't know. It was like this really soul fulfilling thing that I, I didn't realize I, I had missed so much. And I'm, I'm really, I'm truly, truly so excited to be back. And I'm so Yay. excited. It's with impact. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That means I get to watch you. Yeah. <laughs> After your first wrestling road trip away from home. Yeah. Um, now I know you said like with firefighting, you do like 24 hour shifts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, how was this adjustment on you, Taylor, and your husband being away for like three plus days? Yeah. So um, I've not left Taylor's side for like more than 24 hours. Like you said, I've just gone to work. I haven't gone any on any girls trips. I haven't gone away for multiple days. This was the first time in almost three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so mentally, it was a lot for me building up to it. But mm-hmm. he's also at an age and he he is so smart and essentially like self-sufficient. Um, he does, he's not like, he doesn't mummy, mummy, mummy. Like he doesn't need exclusively just me. He loves his dad very much mm-hmm. and his stepbrother. So it was, it was hard saying goodbye. But once I was out, I was like, Oh, freedom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <I'm> yes. Out. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> so yeah no it was uh and you know what I didn't look back I just I thought you know I'm doing something that I love and I'm passionate about and that's teaching my children good skills for them to take with them for their lives and you know when you're happy and you get a bit of a break like you come back rejuvenated and a much better mom so it was all good it was really yes it was the right time for me See, that that makes me smile because like, (laughs) well, for me, what I have is, you know, if I get to go to the grocery store alone or, you know, or even like being able to take Lucas to school alone. Yeah. It's just a nice break from having to make sure that your little one is is safe. Yeah. Or like having to to carry him. And it's nice to just not think. Does that make sense? Oh gosh, 100%. It's yeah. totally different. It's so different. Oh, yeah. Oh, good for you. It's <laughs> it's freaking nice little trip. Eh? Thank you. Yeah. I was yeah, I had no complaints. I slept like a baby. 
<laughs> how did how how was your husband? Uh, he like, was fine. Like, yeah. I, honestly, like, I mean, this is the nicest way, but I didn't even care. I'm like, you know what? I've been doing this for three years. Taylor's great. It is your turn. You're tired. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always tired. So whatever. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't care. I'm doing me now, but like not in a, I don't mean that in an ignorant way, but you know what I mean? No. It's, yes. It, moms and dads are so different. Like moms will literally be like, this is how I'm going to die. I'm going to die from sleep deprivation. I haven't slept in four <laughs> weeks, but it's fine. And like men are like, I'm tired. I need a nap. I only slept like six hours. And you're like, oh God. the one thing between like Josh and I is that he will say I'm deaf <laughs> and that I, sorry, I'm laughing so hard because, <laughs> okay, I'll try to get this out. Um, he'll say that I I choose to listen to some things sure. and he says that I ignore a lot of the things that he tries to tell me <laughs> but like but the moment that Jet speaks like I hear him clearly right. so he's like I don't get it you hear him and he's like in the other freaking room and you hear him <laughs> fine but I'm like right beside you you don't hear shit and I'm like literally I truly don't mean like I'm not ignoring him yeah but like it's just that there's that little voice that it's programmed inside you to like you know I'm I'm trying to keep him safe like Josh you you can keep yourself safe like I don't have to worry about you but like any sound any noise like I will pick up on it just because it's my it's the mom in me right like I gotta make sure that he's safe but oh man oh no I 100% hear that it men will never understand what we go through and they can't because we are literally hardwired to be mama bear and it's totally the same I can hear Taylor changes breathing different in the other room Mm -hmm. and it's like not necessary but you know you, (laughs) you can't help it right it's your you know you are their life and they are your life and like yes your husband's fine (laughs) (laughs) he gets so mad at me (laughs) (laughs) whatever i swear i'm not doing it on purpose i love you (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um were there any differences like besides the talent obviously um that you noticed from being backstage at tna to being backstage at impact um well so when I left TNA, it was in like a massive transitional period and it was probably compounded for the time for me to leave. Like Hogan and Bischoff had taken over. Mm-hmm. They were turning it into like a little bit of like a WWE, which like was not in line with mm-hmm. what kind of wrestling I wanted to be part of, or like a mm-hmm. wrestling company. And so like they really started to turn it more into a business, less into a family. Uh, I will say impact is so, so like family based. Like it's like, you know, there's obviously different levels of people on the card. Like you've got your top card guy, you got your top card girl, but everybody treats each other exactly the same. And I don't know if it's because there's less of, um, less of like competitive wages kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it seems like there's just you know there's a very thin veil between talent and management and it's you know you can really be who you want creatively and there's little to no drama and 
Yeah, it's just honestly, it's like a really healthy work environment where generally everybody's just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and TNA really was like that in the beginning. It was a yeah. bigger, it felt bigger then because it had already been established before I had gotten there. Yeah. Um, and obviously COVID, everything kind of seems smaller and scaled down. I don't think it's because the company is smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that's definitely what I noticed. It's just, it's still so much this like family type atmosphere. Yeah. I love it. Oh, good. Yeah. Is there a knockout you'd like to work with? All of them. <laughs> I know that sounds like really uh, coerced, but truly, uh, I think the knockout roster is so diverse and mm-hmm. um, the talent pool is really deep. And I would love the opportunity to work with all of them because I think they all offer something different. Um, but you know, if I'm going to be like totally transparent, I want a gun for the top dog. And I really would love to have a match with, uh, Diana Perrazzo and run a, a program with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually what I said to Josh. Like the knockouts division is r- truly diverse. Like yeah, everyone is different. Like yeah. there's not two people that look the same. There's not two people that do the same things, you know, like every person is their own person and it's so nice to see like just all these different styles all different looks all the different shapes just it really does oh what am I trying to say it really does help like an image image for like you know like little girls like I can't put it into words you know what I mean right you want to see that you can see Sorry, you want to see different body types. You want to see different types of wrestling. You want to see different ethnic backgrounds. You want to see diversity because, you know, you want to see a roster that sort of represents the demographic of America. And I think that's what the knockouts separate versus Mm -hmm. any other major company. Definitely. Yes. Thank you. You said it for for me. (laughs) It's cool. I got you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And you said you got signed at 20, right? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give yourself back then? To believe in myself more and be my own biggest advocate, Mm. which seems like so simple, but, um, you know, the business was different. I was young. I was way too Canadian about everything. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I definitely knew my worth and I knew that I was talented and I knew I was different than any other women, woman they had, mm-hmm. but, um, I was very much in the divas era and I was intimidated by my male, like upper management and shit like that. And yeah. I just, I, I should have, should have stood up for myself. I should have gotten in people's faces. I should have gotten in the creative team's faces, but I was just like, yes, sir, no, sir. Whatever you want me to do, I'm just happy to be here. And like, that just doesn't fucking fly, man. Like you just get lost in the mix. So yeah, yeah. Just, I I just, that's all would have been my own biggest advocate. Mm-hmm. I have a Patreon where I let fans know like, ahead of time who I'm going to interview and give mm-hmm. them a chance to send questions. Um, is there yeah. anything you miss about wrestling? Just the performing aspect, really. Yeah. I miss, miss doing it. How did your career change after defeating Awesome Kong? 
it gave me my career like that yeah that that made my career really uh it was the best storyline program i've ever been a part of uh awesome kong kia is easily one of the most talented women and big-hearted human beings she taught me a lot about life a lot about wrestling and you know really that storyline made taylor wilde a character and, and a household name so i'm i'm so thankful for for that storyline yeah she's such a sweetheart oh like, she's amazing i love her oh so much. my gosh <laughs> and the last question what were some of your earlier ring names oh god uh Chantel taylor um Chantel yep. stevens <laughs> sorry what were you gonna say no i was like isn't i, I thought it was just Chantel taylor but Sha- you had Chantel stevens too yeah i think for like like a minute like I think maybe one promotion I tried it and I was like mm, I don't like that <laughs> and uh then in WWE I wrestled as a Japanese boy as Sendai um mm-hmm. but that was only for a few months so yeah basically Chantel Taylor yeah it's like it's it was weird to me when I was you know getting my notes ready and stuff I'm like okay I gotta call her Taylor Taylor because <laughs> I'm not used to I don't think I've ever called you Taylor like because no. I knew you as Chantel yeah so it was really weird. And not only that, well, it's, it's your name, but, um, name. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was weird. I'm like, okay, like I'm in my notes. I have like in bold Taylor. So I don't <laughs> call you Chantel, but I here I am calling way. you Chantel. So. No, I, I think I prefer it. Actually, you know what? That's funny. You just reminded me. So that's the difference. I think at impact is, um, I definitely, I, I've never introduced myself as Taylor ever. I only ever mm-hmm. introduced myself as Chantel. Yeah. Um, I will say all the talent seems to be calling my, me Chantel this time around. Whereas before, I, like they, I was new, I was a new person. So it's not like people have the foresight or they, they don't give a shit to like, what's her real name? Or her name's Taylor, we'll just call her Taylor. Um, so yeah. being called by my shoot name actually feels a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Like you, and- you're my friend, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Oh, exactly. So like backstage every show, I would always introduce myself as, you know, my name. Yeah. And then, cause I knew everyone knew what my ring name was. So those who would actually call me by my real name said to me that they actually took the time to remember my name. Uh. And so it kind of like gave me a little insight to like what type of person they were. But then, you know, Agreed. it's hard to say that because like Josh, I've said this to Josh. He's like, yeah, but like me, I will forget a name like the moment you tell me it. I'm like, ah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It is hard. It is hard. But, but if someone I'm like, remember, I guess, you're like, yeah, then I appreciate that effort then. You know, I, I do too. With you. <laughs> okay. One last game before we wrap it up we are going to do a survivor series game. Uh, you're going to choose four current woman wrestlers that you'd like on your squad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Io Shirai. Mm. Oh, about this big picture, big picture, big picture. Okay. Io Shirai, Tony Storm, Diana Perrazzo, even though I said I wanted to fight her, <laughs> I would rather her on my team. Mm-hmm. 
And one more. Chauncey Blackheart. Oh, that's a solid team there, Thank Taylor. You. I mean, Chantel. That's weird. I tried. I tried doing it. It was really weird. I and I said you. it really weird, so I, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> okay, Chantel. Um, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. I'm so super excited to see you bringing your talent back into impact. Um, you also have your own podcast. So let us know where to find it and where to find you on socials. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at real Taylor wild. That is wild with an E uh you can find me my podcast is called wild on that's on anchor.fm backslash wild on but you can find me on any major podcast platform google apple spotify and we upload a new episode every wednesday because we get wild on wednesdays Woo! all right Whee! thank you so much <laughs> thanks girl. thank you so much until then guys see you next tuesday